Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Harold Hendricks. Harold is the founder of Trans Executive, the company that deploys the procurement task force to help procurement teams enable, optimize, transform, and rapidly deliver value. Harold is also a fractional CPO. He spent 20 years as a senior officer in the Royal Netherlands Air Force and NATO, where he experienced many of the frameworks and models he uses today. So hello, Harold. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining me here on the Sourcing Hero podcast. Hello, Kelly, and um, thank you for having me. Now, I shared a little bit about your background, a background that I have to say is actually very unique for the guests that we've had on the show. But what else should people know about your professional journey to this point? Well, um, you can imagine that I worked in, in many different corners of the world with a you know, variety of people um, and a whole scale with, with in different situations. So I learned a lot when it comes to team spirit and, and leadership. Um, and also uh, with my background, I'm a firm believer in what we call extreme ownership and leadership. Uh, which also can be, you know, self-leadership for individuals. Um, I believe it's the engine that that drives trust and team spirit and inspiration and motivation. And that is all needed to unlock talent and getting things done. Now, it's interesting. And I remember that experience really stood out to me when we chatted in advance of today's recording. And so we are going to talk a bit about your time in the military and what you learned, because you're bringing a lot of that to bear in the front lines of procurement. So as we jump right into our main topic, let me just ask you straight out, what are the elements of your time from the military that you find the most useful or maybe another way of looking at it is the most transferable to your work in a corporate setting with procurement teams? Yeah, that's a great question, that Kelly. So believe it or not, but <clears throat> procurement and the military have a, have a lot in common. Um, and that's why, you know, best practices from the military doctrine can be utilized effectively in, in procurement as well. And, um, you know, both sectors can, can make a serious impact, uh, whether it's to business or to a situation when it comes to the military. Uh, but it's, it's both about uh, leadership and relationships, and both can utilize or use technology to enable a process uh, delivery. Uh, both sectors are the odd ones in the room. I mean, you know, we all know that procurement is not that established as finance, yeah. HR, and IT. Um, and the military is um, is the odd one because if you're saying I'm not working for a company, I'm in the military. That is, all, you know, for interest of people when you when you're at birthday parties, for instance. <laughs> You know, it's interesting as, as we think about the things that are in common, one thing that comes to mind, certainly, you know, with my team at Art of Procurement, we talk a lot about the evolving role and value proposition of procurement. And it comes to mind that for a very long time, procurement has predominantly been focused on defense, 
right? We're trying to guard the bottom line, make sure everybody follows the process, make sure established frameworks hold and, and stay in place. And part of what we're looking for, you know, you talk about extreme ownership and leadership, and we talk about expanding the value proposition to include sales and the top line and, and brand reputation and brand value. It's sort of like transitioning from defense to going on the offense, isn't it? Yeah, exactly it, Kelly. I think that's an interesting viewpoint. And um, yeah, if you're looking at the military and the concepts that we deploy for procurement, we're talking about you know concepts like dynamic teaming, network-enabled operations, and which goes way beyond data, but also things like the commander's intent that you seriously you know set your your goals and objectives, but also provide the mandate to your teams to to be able to make their own decisions in line with that intention. Um, and also, we're talking about mission planning, you know, mm-hmm. war rooming or operations rooming. If war rooming is too aggressive for you, so it's all about these concepts, just getting into a proactive state rather than reactive. So I think you're right when it comes to shifting you know, the balance from defense to to offense in, in that sense. Now, a couple of times, one really important word has already come up, and that's the idea of teams. You know, so much of the work that we do is collaborative, and sometimes a procurement team means just the people working in procurement, but we often expand that circle to include executive stakeholders or distributed buyers or even suppliers. Sometimes we can be on the same team as them. I'm interested in your thoughts about team building because diversity of thought and perspective can be sort of what strengthens a team. How do you bring together people with different skills and different backgrounds, but bind them together with a sense of shared mission and trust and cooperation? Yeah, first of all, I think the concept of uh, what we now call dynamic teaming is is something that we have done in the military, you know, uh, as, as long as I can remember. Uh, and also it's very common in the sports as well. I mean, everybody understands that you need to have a selection of players in your you know, football or your soccer team or baseball team to go after that World Cup or the, you know, the, the championship. So, um, and that is about making sure that you understand what is required, which capabilities, which skills and competencies are, uh, is required to, to deliver your mission, to deliver your task or project. And you make sure that you backwards engineer from that rather than allocate people from a role or a job description perspective. So flipping that around where the situation is um, is demanding the capability that you need to allocate to solve that situation is uh, is essential. And when I started on the military academy like you know, 27 years ago, uh, lesson number one on day one was you don't know anything and you need to listen to your people. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm using kind words now for the podcast, but you can imagine that that was, you know, with some, some stronger words that yes. was actually coming across. But um, as an officer, you need to listen to your people. And that is, that is the starting point for any leader uh, when it comes to team building and building that level of trust. Uh, they have the brilliant ideas and skills and co- capabilities and leaders often think they have and they know better, but they really don't. So you need to flip that around. So when we talk about leadership, you know, when I think about at this point, gosh, we can say the last three years, 
the last three years have been crazy beyond what most of us have ever experienced. And from that, I do think we've seen different types of leadership emerge to meet needs of very specific situations. Now, based on your experience and your perspective, what type of approach to leadership do you think these very volatile, unpredictable situations call for? So that, that situ- those situations, they call for uh, making sure that you have a team which is complementary and strong as a team together to solve that situation for you. And that means that every individual in a team needs to feel relevant and can contribute from their perspective. That is, that is what diversity and inclusiveness is all about. So I would say that inspirational and motivational leadership, leadership uh, is the strongest of all kinds and is, is something that you should, you know, should look after. People think in the military it's all about shouting orders, but it's really not. It's about building that trust and having a team spirit, eh, which is, goes beyond then teamwork. It's about having that team spirit in place. And, um, and your, your job as a leader is to make sure that you create that environment for your, your team members where they feel trusted, where they can, you know, can speak up. And that means that you also need to understand what makes things work for individuals in the team. I mean, we all understand that each individual is different. And um, if you invite people to share ideas, some of those individuals might not feel comfortable sharing that in front of a, you know, a team of people. And that is okay. And then as a leader, you need to facilitate that you invite them in a one-to-one session to share their ideas. So it is about you being supportive and adapting yourself towards the individuals in your team. And you will see that over time. And if you work with that team, that will team will come together and will also support each other in that way. Now, one of the things I think I hear you saying, and let me sort of say this back to you and, and check that I'm hearing you right, and then you can add any additional thoughts you have. So when I think about procurements, work, if we think about it in terms of work streams, there's typically some software that's being rolled out. There are some number of category sourcing projects that are in various stages of completion. There are always contracts and supplier relationships where you know this company or that company is popping up for a quarterly business review, or maybe there's a performance issue. Maybe there are budget conversations going on. So there's all these different types of work that are business-driven that procurement needs to be aware of. But it sounds like what you're saying is that leadership and team cohesion deserve their own work streams. So it's not enough just to say, okay, I'm going to make sure everyone on my team is busy, or I'm going to make sure the, the meeting every Tuesday is really productive. You're investing thought and energy and time into building out that team and your approach to leading them just as much as if it was a contract or a supplier relationship or a sourcing project. Is that, am I hearing that right, pulling out from what you've shared? Um, Exactly, Kelly. And I I would even go even further by saying that your task as a leader is 
this is the foundation to get things done. So all the things that we see in procurement that you just mentioned is an activity, is a mission, is a project, is something that needs to be delivered. And that will need to be delivered by various teams with various individuals with various capabilities. It's your job as a leader to make sure that the right capabilities and the right talents are allocated to the right let's say, mission or activity or task or project at hand. That is a core um, activity for you as a leader. And leadership, you need to lead from behind. That means, yes, you need to set the direction, the expectation, but then you need to have the team, which is you know, based on, um, on the complementary skill set and competencies to come up with the plan and also you know, let them speak up and tell you what they need when it comes to resourcing and, and budgets, right? So I think um, it's not about being directive. It is about being supportive to make sure that you can achieve all your goals and your objectives as we have um, you know, laid out in procurement and we are confronted on, uh, with, with those on, on every day and every week. And one of the other things that I want to get your thoughts on is simply dealing with unpredictable situations. You know, we've we've all personally been forced to adapt and evolve and try new things and accept that we can't plan as far out as we might have liked to over the last few years. And I think procurement has had a particular set of challenges around this because, I mean, even our spend data is looking in the rearview mirror, right? Contracts, you sign them and they typically stay fixed for years. So although there can always be something that goes wrong, it was the exception versus the rule. And now things have been flipped on their head such that not that we're dealing with the same level of unpredictability that we were, say, at the beginning of 2020, but now it's in the back of our minds at all times that there are probably things already changing or about to change that we never would have thought of as being something we couldn't count on. What advice or recommendations do you have for people in leadership positions who are either currently in unpredictable situations or know that right now things seem stable, but that could change at any moment? Yeah, exactly. I think it's safe to say that we can, uh, as procurement, we will have unpredictable situations Mm -hmm. all the time. I mean, the next crisis is around the corner. We can, we can definitely, you know, count on that. And it's just that dynamic. And I think that's also, you know, some of the great things of procurement. That is, it is the uh, dynamic environment that, you know, uh, makes us stay sharp. Um, it's never a dull moment, so to speak. No. But uh, wh- whether it's on supplier performance or the next pandemic or you know, supply chain, sustainability goals, you name it, you know, there will be, um, always um, a, a dynamic in you're know, doing business in the area of procurement. And we need to embrace that. But it also means that we need to organize ourselves um, to make the best use of it and get out stronger. So that is a what I call the task force way of thinking, meaning that you base your teams um, and mapping out on capabilities and skills and competencies and allocate that towards the uh, the mission at hand rather than having people sit in a fixed uh, organization doing a job you know based on a job description which was written last year and I think that is that is something that we need to you know flip around and um, so yeah procurement leaders need to have a serious look at their 
their function, their processes, uh, the governance, the organization, and and how their ways of working, the the, the operating model, um, and move away from static category management um, and rigid roles and methodologies, and moving towards that more flexible, resilient way of working. Now, Harold, as we start to wind down our time, one of the the traditional things that I always invite guests to participate in here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is, is this set of questions. So I'm going to give you two questions and then you can answer either one. There are no right answers. There are no wrong answers. This is like a, a podcast Rorschach test just for us to get a sense of sort of where your thinking is on this topic. So here are the two questions and then I'll, I'll let you pick. The first option is, what does the idea of being a sourcing hero mean to you? And the second option, which sort of broadens it a little bit, but stays in the same area, is in your opinion, what does heroism look like in a business context? Yeah, it is always great. Uh, this question is always great, Kelly, for the podcast. So I know that listeners are always you know, looking forward to this. In this case, I'll go for heroism and what it looks like in a business context. I mean, for me, in my background, uh, it's all about uh, using your superpowers while sacrificing yourself for others to succeed. Um, and in the military, that might be the ultimate sacrifice, as we all know and remember. Uh, but in business context, it's about putting your ego aside uh, and doing everything you possibly can using your capabilities and your superpowers and skills to make sure that others are successful. Um, and that is especially over helping clients or, or as a leader to your team members. That is truly what I think is uh, is heroism when it comes to a business context. And I like how that ties back to some of our earlier discussion around team. You know, because you can't you can't have an individual that wins if the rest of the team has to lose. If if you've actually built an effective team, if you're a part of an effective team, there is no way for you to wrap your mind around somehow being victorious without your entire team being a part of that, right? Yeah, exactly that. And that's, that's, that is a mindset. Eh? That's why I'm talking about team spirit and not teamwork, because I think the team spirit will bring that to the service. That's, all, that's also how we work with our clients and with you know, procurement uh, teams out there, that we interlock ourselves with their ways of working and thinking to, um, to, to deliver and to, to get the greatest output and also to unleash and unlock your talent, uh, because that's what it's, uh, it's all about in procurement. Absolutely. Now, to that point about your team and your work, I'm thrilled that you were able to join me to share your unique perspective. If people that are listening in have found this podcast on social media, if they would like to get in touch with you to learn more, to connect, to add you to their network, what is the best way for them to get in touch? So the best way is um, is through LinkedIn. Uh, we are very active on LinkedIn. So please find me as, as Harold Hendricks. And that is Hendricks with CKX at the end. So it's not like Jimmy Hendricks. Um, so just, <laughs> just to call it out. Or as Trans Executive. And also we have a website, which is www.trans-executive.com. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to have follow-up conversations and, and learn from the listeners and Ultimately, uh, we need to help each other in procurement. I mean, the world we live in today, we can't do it all by ourselves. We need to have each other's backs. 
Absolutely, Harold. I cannot agree with you more. And I thank you so much for joining me in order to share your perspective. Thank you, Kelly. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.